Welcome to 001 Radio Weekly, Episode 2. Today, I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined by two excellent guests, the wonderful Alex. Hi. And the miraculous Miranda. Hello there. If you've listened to last week, this is going to go pretty similarly. We're going to have a nice discussion. We're going to start out with our podcast bit we call Fake News. So what I'm going to do here is present three articles... And I want you to pick which one is not real. Actually, which one is real? There's two fake ones, and there's one... Actually, no, I'm bad at bits, okay? There's one real one. It's two truths and a lie, okay? It's two truths and a lie, but with articles. All right? And then we're going to talk about one of the true ones for a minute. Got it? Is, this, is the game clear? Okay, so there's two true ones. There's two true ones, and one of them is not real. Okay. Gotcha. All right, good. So our first headline is... Czech nudists were told by the police to wear face masks. All right, that's our first one. Our second one is Senator Kelly Loeffler asked for prayers after losing $3 on the stock market. All right, third one, the Illinois mayor just released a statement saying that everyone should avoid public gatherings. And immediately afterwards, his wife was arrested by police for being at a bar. The sad thing is that one of the first two has to be true. <laughs> um, I feel like the third is definitely true because that, no offense, Illinois, but that sounds like something that would happen. Oh yeah, that, that definitely <laughs> happened. Um, that's the lie. I feel like it's going to be the nudists. Wait, what was the second one again? So there was Czech nudists being asked to wear face masks, and there was uh, Kelly Loeffler, who was a senator, asking for prayers after losing $3 on the stock market. Oh, no. I've never heard of that senator before. Can I? Okay. See, it would help me if I knew what state she was from. Not that we're making assumptions about states here. Yeah, I can find out. Mm. Uh, Washington. Okay. Now, important note, I don't know if that's the state or Washington, D.C. <laughs> mm. See, with the nudists, I feel like you breathe through your mouth, right? So you want to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that this was going to be going down that path. Alex, what do you think? <laughs> oh, we've already gotten to the debate aspect. Let's see. I'm... <sighs> um, I'll, I'll switch to the, uh, uh, the praying after the $3 loss. You think that's the lie? Yeah, it, it seems just ridiculous enough to be true. <laughs> I feel like the three... You know what? I'm going to go with the $3 as a lie as well. Wow, you, because... two, are, you two are on point. That's the yeah. lie. <laughs> that, that's an Onion article. The other two are completely true. Yeah, could have seen that coming. <laughs> See, the thing I, I really like, the Czech nudist one is mostly just a joke. Because I saw that headline and was like, this is too good to not <laughs> talk about. Mm. I don't think we're actually going to have a debate about nudists on here. So we're going to talk about the Illinois mayor. <laughs> after he oh, says a crackdown okay. on social gatherings. So this happened two days ago. Or three days ago now, actually. It was on Tuesday. 
So the thing that I find most surprising on this is that the mayor didn't order the police crackdown until three days ago. First of all, when everything else has been going on for multiple weeks at this point. And Illinois is in a stay-at-home order. <laughs> and then immediately, his wife is found in a bar. How old is this, the dude and his wife? How old are them? Uh, looks older, middle-aged. That would explain it. Hmm. Then he released a statement afterwards saying he's embarrassed by his wife's actions. That might not go over well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a misdemeanor charge. Oh. Uh, that... Does Illinois... Oh, go ahead. Uh, that doesn't prevent him from running for office again in any way, does it? No, because it wasn't him, it was his wife. So, he technically is not responsible legally, from my understanding. Uh, what's Illinois' case count at roughly? Do we know? This is a Google right now thing. Yeah, that's a that's a Google. It. Let's see. Um, because I saw a, um an article the other day where it was where the disease had been spreading slowly. It's a um, thousand three hundred forty-four as of yesterday. At least confirmed cases. Oh, because I'm on the Illinois Department of Public Health. And they, oh, for the state or specific the city? state. But now, okay, so now I have conflicting information of that is what, that's new cases of the day. That's not total cases. Okay, because okay, I found cases is much higher. 16,000. Yeah, that's the number I'm seeing as 400. well. Um, Which is pretty sizable. Anyone else notice that it seems to be everyone seems to be blaming the specific section of younger people? Like they're saying younger people aren't taking it serious because they saw a subgroup of spring breakers down in Florida. And so that became the image of people who aren't doing yeah. quarantine right. Yeah, it's it seems very to be. Picking. Yeah, it seems to really be middle aged people that feel like they're invincible to it and because they're so used to how their life goes and they don't want to rely heavily on technology they sort of get stuck in this false sense of security and they're the ones that don't actually follow these orders and often those are the people in power so they also don't think that either the rules apply to them or they apply the rules later on instead of taking immediate action yeah and i think uh, as i mentioned last episode we are all college students who have been either displaced or are just not going to campus because everything's online now. So I, I think part of that is that spring break lined up pretty perfectly with when cases in the U.S. got bad. So some of these things might even have just yeah. been before people knew about it or knew how severe it was. People were already on their breaks. Like the, um, I, I was, I forget what news network it was, but uh, they were talking about how the disease was incubating in New York for weeks beforehand. Yeah, this. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of it, I think, is the people didn't know how widespread it was when it started, so they they assumed like they'd have some time to prepare. But in reality, people had had it and maybe just not shown symptoms or thought it was a regular flu and hadn't gotten tested because the U.S. didn't have tests until pretty recently. 
So they still don't have good tests. Yeah, at they all. still don't have good tests. So um, the one of the guests last week was uh, my roommate Ben, who we're pretty certain had it because oh. he was on a cruise over his break and he oh, no. his his roommate oh, on that cruise got coronavirus, got tested and confirmed as a case. He was then told, uh, and this was a couple weeks ago, so this was like when there were very few tests. He was then told that anyone else who showed symptoms he was in contact with, especially on that cruise, should not get tested because there were not enough tests and they should just assume they have it. Oh. That, that happened to me as well, whereas I was showing symptoms and I was having a lot of health problems and it was probable, but despite all of that, because I wasn't in the hospital they couldn't test me nor could they make sure that everyone i had been around was safe so there's a good chance that i had it but they they straight up i called the health department of i called the health department i called the school and they all said we don't have enough tests to test you you should be but we don't have enough yeah so the the way i know uh, my roommate's friend got tested is that he worked at a college medical center so I think he was considered priority to get tested because of that. Mm. Uh, because he, if he had it and would then have been in contact with people at the medical center, then that was a huge risk factor for anyone else having to get tested there. Yeah. So I think, I think that's why he was able to get a test so early is because he works at a hospital. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, a whole situation. And the it's thing like and the testing. Way. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you first. I was just gonna say the testing shortage is still going on. It's not as big in the news, but it's still happening. People still can't can't get the tests they need, especially in um, states that aren't in like the top five, because yeah. they can't. You know, they're like, oh well, you don't have enough cases to like show that you need these resources, but that also means that. The disease, like you mentioned, with New York City could very well be incubating in those states without people knowing, and it could just hit like a tidal wave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also think, so one of my parents' friends, or not friends, a co-worker, her father is 93 and has to go to a hospital pretty regularly um, to get dialysis for long-lasting conditions, and he was one of the first cases in massachusetts because of that because the hospital got contaminated early on and because he has to go there or else he'll die he ended up getting it which now means that that co-worker can't work um in what is considered an essential service and can't do her daily job because she would run the risk of contaminating everything there even though she hasn't shown any symptoms yet but because she's taking care of her father who has there's a, a whole like chain effect of everything that she's been in contact with now has to be quarantined and like made sure it's safe. Um, luckily, I, I think her father is doing okay, which is good because the mortality rate for older people is not great, um, mm. especially for someone who has uh, respiratory problems like he does. But so far, he seems to be fine, so that's nice. But yeah, it, it's a pretty serious thing right now. I think that goes back to like the spring break issues of people. I think people get really upset when it's shown that people are not taking it seriously. And yeah, Alex, what state are you in for reference? Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, so I'm in Massachusetts, and we have a stay-at-home advisory, not an order. Mm. Which I've heard people being upset about because it's kind of a half measure. Um, I think Vermont is doing the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. Whereas um, New York and a bunch of other major states are doing orders instead. Yeah, I, I believe our governor issued an order. Yeah. So I, I think that is part of the problem, too, is a lot of governmental people are trying to minimize panic by being like, stay at home. It's it's just an advisory. It's just recommended when in reality, that's not really doing anything. Um, I know, especially in Massachusetts, it is dead outside. Like, no one's going anywhere. Hmm. So I think people are taking it pretty seriously. But it seems like the government, at least here, is maybe not giving it the amount of care it deserves. I think yeah. there's also the kind of like not in my backyard feeling like, oh, wow, look at that. It's really easy to point a finger at New York, seeing as how far it's gone downhill. They're like, oh, well, that could never happen to my state because of X, Y, Z. Um, but what they don't realize is that it's it the like spreadability. I don't even know if that's a word, but the spreadability of the virus is just so much so that you're it's just a matter of time and the preventative measures that you take are going to really set up your state for what's going to happen but they don't think it could happen to them yeah and i actually have so something recently that uh apparently mayor walsh of boston has been saying is that these responses they've been doing. So Boston is taking coronavirus a lot more seriously than the rest of Massachusetts. Uh, well, at least the area of Massachusetts I'm in. I think because it's a major city with a big port, so they're at a lot of risks of spreading it to other areas, and everyone's in close contact. Like The metro in Boston is one of the main ways to get around. So they're, they're expecting to have to extend their pandemic response basically into July and August, which is, I think, something a lot of people are worried about, too. Oh, uh, going back to what Miranda said about the preventative measures. So there, there's been a lot of stuff on the news lately about the ve uh, shortage of ventilators. Have you guys noticed um, uh, sort of downplaying or you know, no longer putting as much emphasis on um, a shortage of masks? Has that supply been steadily increasing? Is that situation getting better? Because I've also seen that um, now instead of, oh, only people who are at risk for the virus should be wearing masks, now it's advised that everyone should be if they go outside. Yeah. I, I actually saw. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I actually saw an article on that earlier today um, because um, the CDC is now recommending that everyone wear masks because of lowering the chance of asymptomatic carriers passing it on mm. um and i think that even though it's kind of like because we there's still a shortage of uh medical grade face masks which is why the cdc specifically recommended cloth masks so that the resources that the general public was using weren't being taken away from other like, the hospitals that need them, um, and I know that New York was reaching, was, didn't have enough for the general public, but was somewhat reaching, 
um, was being given more supplies, but New Jersey, I heard, was having um, a shortage. And as for mass creation, uh, the article I saw this morning said that more and more businesses were switching over to creating masks because that way they could be labeled as an essential business and have a reason to stay open, which seems kind of sketch to me. I don't, I didn't get to read the whole article. Um, but it seems like a lot of businesses are trying to transition, whether it be for the, out of the kindness of their heart or out of the money for their pocket. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of this lies. Is like, it is are they doing it for the reasons they should be doing it? Of people need these, so they're producing them, or is it more sinister and that they just want to stay open? I mean, that yeah, that that's a big question. I think they could also be doing it, and this is one of the more you know, hopeful ideas. But they could also be doing it to keep their employees paid too. Yeah, that that is also definitely a factor because I know personally I've pretty much guaranteedly lost my summer job because of uh, the coronavirus. So it's nice to see some companies making an effort to keep people paid. Um, I know a lot of game development studios are doing that where they're keeping people employed remotely or even if they've had to delay things, they're trying to keep make sure everyone is still paid. But in a lot of situations like restaurants, I'm sure are having a really hard time if they're smaller family owned businesses that don't have the resources to deliver. Um, they're yeah. probably having a very rough, rough go of it right now. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think I saw today that the U.S. unemployment rate has reached about 10%. And even though that's a temporary number because everything's closed, that's still... Very Huge. concerning for our economy. Yeah, it's going to have massive effects on the economy for a while. Um, because like everyone's going to be looking back to get a job at the same time. And there are definitely people coming out of this that will not get their old job back. Or companies are going to have to downsize. Or even shut down. Um, and then we're just in a much worse situation than we were before. And to be fair, that's not really the fault of companies because this isn't really a situation that could have been planned for. I think planned for on a company level. I think on a governmental level, we certainly could have had better preparations. For sure. But yeah. for individual companies, they probably weren't as concerned and figured, oh, if it gets bad enough, the government will do something like they're supposed to. When in reality, we didn't have the contingencies in place to deal with a pandemic. And that's very much showing now. Yeah, the people who are who are really going to feel it the most is the family-run restaurant down the road where they know everyone's names. Yeah, that's a, that's one of my bigger worries. Is that I know there's a lot of places that people work at, which are family-owned, that are just not going to open again. Um, I, th I think in my town it's less of an issue because I live in a very small town, so there's a few places and all of them kind of delivered beforehand. So most of them mm -hmm. should be fine. But in places like major cities, I'm sure a lot of stuff is just going to shut down. Um, I'm, I'm curious to, like, once this is over, walk down a street that I've seen and see how many places are closed. Like, oh, morbid boy. curiosity. <laughs> oh, yeah. now I'm worried about a restaurant near my town. <laughs> yeah. I, I think everyone, like, minor concerns but still definitely relevant, especially once we're out of the situation. And so, also the, or, 
Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to build off that. The um, tourism industry, which many people think of as like, ah, bus companies, uh, great escape, like big things like that. Um, but I do know people who have a, a very small family-run um, tourist business having to do with, uh, trying not to be too specific here, but uh, a nature, basically a, a nature preserve-like thing that is very touristy and without people traveling they're not going to be able to open up this year and as a small family business that's really going to hurt them because who knows when people will feel comfortable traveling again most certainly while some people will be very happy and travel right after quarantine is over there's probably a lot of people who will not want to travel until after a vaccine is developed which will be roughly give or take a little bit a year so those yeah. businesses are going to be hurting. I know I was planning a senior trip with my roommates to go to Japan next year. And oh, we're pretty skeptical <laughs> about the probability of being able to do that because we wanted to go over the winter break and not summer. So we could have like a solid experience of like the city and go there and probably yep. save a little money on the travel costs. And that looks like it's maybe not going to happen. It's definitely going to depend. If you want um, travel details, let me know. Been there once uh, over last. Yeah, I, I I've been to Japan last. before too. I went there okay. a few years ago. Um, and it was a it's a really good you got the place to visit. Yeah, but a lot of travel is just like in a really rough situation right now. And I'm also worried about ticket prices once this is over because right now they're probably pretty low because not everyone knows if things are going to resume. But as soon as this whole situation's over. I'm betting they're going to skyrocket. <laughs> Especially oh, with the Olympics. They say it's going to be postponed till the end of summer, but uh, Japan has actually been really slow at implementing the necessary social, like, uh, sort of, like, they haven't been on top of stay-at-home orders, social distancing, none of those preventative measures that will keep it down, so we might be seeing them get hit with a wave that's later than most yeah. which might end up delaying the olympics more and while everyone is just kind of biding their time until we get a vaccine um could start the second wave too yeah there's yeah. definitely gonna be another wave i mean i'm also worried so japan for people that haven't been there has a ton of open air markets um not oh. not what you're imagining of like a the wuhan market but stuff like um, family-owned businesses that have stalls that will sell, like, food on the street. Um, and they're really, really cool. I'm worried about those, <laughs> legitimately. I think that's going to be a major blow to anyone that relied on those for their income. For sure. Yeah, I, I feel like that's travel is definitely going to be affected for a while. So, one question I did want to ask you guys, being that we're all college students, how, how has it been for you adapting to uh, remote classes and how do you think people that are, especially like seniors right now, how do you think they're dealing with this whole situation? I would hate to be a senior right now. Yeah. yeah. I have, I've worked with a couple of them and um, I'm still, I'm working as an outsource artist on uh, the senior game Frog Bath. So you know, I get to talk to some of them occasionally. and. As far as production goes, they're pretty much 
keeping it together as best as they can. Uh, socially, not sure about anything, really. Yeah, I, I do. From the seniors I've talked to, the biggest blow has been that like their graduation and their senior week and stuff that have been stuff they were looking forward yeah. to for four years is now just gone in that the college doesn't really have a way to say they're going to postpone events because they don't want to keep students there for another semester if they don't have to be. I think um, they did say that they were doing the, the, the online graduation thing, right? Yeah, they're doing commencement online, which That's is awesome. an iffy solution. Like it's in, in reality, it's the only thing they really can do right now. But should it be done? <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of people I know are like, we would have preferred to wait until there could be a legitimate commencement. But the reality is there are a lot of people that also just want to be done with it and get out and actually go get jobs. Yeah. So I think yeah. on that, one of the biggest blows is going to be the loss of job opportunities from networking with the senior show. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's going to that's gonna hit. I, I know our hard. college does this. A lot of other colleges do the same thing where they have big senior capstone showcases. And this is for like a variety of different majors ranging from creative stuff to tech majors to cybersecurity, and that's just not happening now. Oh, and we, we saw this start at least the impact on networking pretty early on with um Miranda. What was the conference that you went to over the weekend? Oh, PAX East. PAX East. That was that was the first thing to be sort of not really completely shut down, but pretty it was clamped down on, wasn't it? Um, honestly, the only I wouldn't say it was clamped down on because everything pretty much, um, everything that was there was as normal. There was a lot of big companies pulling out because they had international teams, which is understandable. Um, not wanting either side to continue that. Um, but aside from certain people not being there, they had all of the events still going on. They just took uh, a lot more preventative measures a lot of cleaning supplies a lot a lot a lot of cleaning like we're talking after a couple hours there my throat and my lungs hurt because it just reeked of cleaning supplies and purified air which i you know what i'll take that <laughs> um for not getting sick there but also something incredible about that was that um i kept watching the news and there was not because i gotta say if pax east was even a week later i would not have gone I still went because I, you know, the case number was still so low that we knew it was coming to to the U.S., but we still had a little bit of time before it really hit. That's it. You know, I was very careful at the convention and whatnot uh, and moving around Boston. But there was not a big explosion of cases from there yet, which I was surprised about given that a doctor's convention, some sort of medical convention down the road, uh, the entire hospital had, or the entire hotel that they hosted it at, had to be shut down because over a hundred people got infected and carried it to each other yeah. from there. They but not at trailer. PAX, but nothing from PAX, which I was so surprised about and happy for. I mean, granted, mm. I used so much hand sanitizer, um, but it was pretty incredible. I was surprised and very happy. Yeah, I think it was just the the week immediately following that was when I believe GDC shut down was that week. We Paxis literally just slid in there. Yeah, they were right before. Just <laughs> before everything. 
yeah, I, I remember being apprehensive about PAX because we were hearing a lot of stuff about coronavirus then, but there weren't really any cases in the U.S. that were confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were worried about the travel. But aside from that, like, there wasn't any major risk of stuff shutting down. Like, I think only a few companies backed out. I believe it was Sony was one of the, the Facebook. couple that did it. Yeah, Sony and Facebook. Some they big ones. Employees. But a lot of the smaller um, companies stayed. You could definitely feel some apprehension. I don't know if you guys, either of you guys went. I, I didn't go this year. I did go a few years ago, though. You could definitely tell that everyone was a little on edge. Yeah, especially because it. people that have been to PAX East know it, it's crowded, usually. Like, it's the show floor is intense. Yeah. Uh, I... I was um I had also gone there for dual purpose to spend some time at the convention center but the majority of my time um with a friend I have there and we did consider not going if anything seems suspicious but their sanitary practices um kind of made us feel safe going. Yeah, from my memory of what Pax was like I think it was 3 years ago that I last went it was pretty good as far as conventions go for being sanitary and oh they stepped it up so much yeah keeping people generally not crushed together which is how do they accomplish that uh long lines usually (laughs) you just stagger the lines out yeah they um they definitely i gotta say the show floor was definitely concerningly packed i didn't spend too much time down there i think this was this year this is my third time going up i spent the least time at the and the least time on the show floor because but Saturday it was a mess um, and they actually ended up putting in security measures on Saturday had only one door and you had to show your badge to get through I'm guessing people were sneaking in day before yeah I do remember the year I went we had to get will call badges and there was no security for that like you literally just walk inside the convention center and they hand them to you, which you could have just kept going and not gotten the badge and gone in. I feel like that's yeah. different now, but that specific year, the will call security was pretty bad. Yeah. But I, I think, all things considered, the big event that I think a lot of people would know about that really struck this was E3 being shut down. Yeah. Especially as E3 doesn't even happen until June, generally. So I think that was the first like major like convention that a general public person who plays games would know about that really just shut down completely especially after like gdc had every day for the week before gdc was canceled like a different developer just said they weren't gonna go which was kind of funny to watch but it, it was a pretty good sign of what was gonna start happening being that you said that event was happening so far in the future, um, skipping forward a bit, maybe you know, after this dies down a little bit, possibly either before or after the uh, the second wave. What do you think the sort of new normal is going to be like that you see uh, some news places talking about already? Uh, something I think is really interesting with the norms thing is that whenever you're trying to form a good habit say working out or eating better 30 days is always the number people give you for how long it takes to form a habit Hmm. 
So I'm curious now as to how many people are going to have formed weird habits from quarantine. Oh <laughs> That's going to be funny to see. Because at this point, we're expecting this to go for at least another month, probably. And we don't know if that's like the low end or the high end really, because I don't think anyone really has a good estimate for when things will be solved or at least in a situation that's better. And vaccines obviously take like a year to produce. So like what, what are people going to be like when we go back to normal is what I'm really curious about. I haven't even, honestly, I gotta say I'm more curious on a high level of what societal changes will be made because, you know, clearly not just the obviously the u.s in big part but also the global community has been caught not ready for a global crisis so i'm really uh interested to see what sort of value changes and like structural changes will come about i haven't gotten too much into thinking about the change in day-to-day -day life because i feel like that um i kind of feel like that i don't i don't think i can guess at it now because i feel like it's not going to we're not, I don't think we're going to be out of the water of this in a month or two. I think we should be preparing for more freedom in a month or two, but to lose that in the winter and intermittently lose that for most of the next year until we get a vaccine. I think we won't start f being able to to even find our, our normal until after a vaccine has been widely distributed. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you i think i, I feel like this is going to definitely be impacting us for the next year most likely if not longer um although some people are of the mind that like if they get it they can now go out and party because they had the virus therefore they're safe now <laughs> do they realize just, that just they can, they touch stuff with their hands and when they touch things with their hands it doesn't disappear i'm not saying it stays on their hands <laughs> <laughs> like, oh boy we got some people in this country there, there are certain lapses in judgment that will go on yeah <laughs> to see how, you know. how quickly people break and just go outside and touch everything have you ever wanted to french kiss a doorknob <laughs> that, that brings me to my the final topic i wanted to talk about alex what do oh. you think of the people on social media who have been making posts like the coronavirus challenge where they lick toilet seats or go in the grocery store and lick a bunch of items off the shelves? You're kidding me. That's a thing? <laughs> that is a thing. Why? It's oh, not shit. widespread, but there are a few people that have gotten arrested for this. Well, I can Honor. imagine. Oh, go ahead. Uh, there was I did I did hear one report of a lady fake coughing all over a bunch of grocery store supplies and stuff as a prank. Yeah, and it caused the the grocery store maybe thirty five thousand dollars in damages. Yeah, <laughs> I I heard about that one. I didn't see that, but there the one that I've seen is there was a guy at I think this was a convenience store, and this is a like security video of it. Walked up to the cashier and like sneezed on him. No. And it wasn't a real sneeze. It was a fake sneeze. But he did it and, like, didn't expect the cashier to react poorly for some reason. Did he get shot? No, he didn't get shot. Did he get slapped? He got, I think, arrested. Good. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm honestly. I'm sure he was arrested for something. Every everyone's like, oh, it, it's just so dumb. It's like. You know how you get in trouble for yelling fire in a crowded movie theater? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's literally this. And in in on a lighter note, it's oh yeah, if these people get corona, they deserve it. But on a darker note, we don't have the resources. Like we're still having resource shortages in very targeted areas, and if there's careless behavior like that, that's going to cause numbers to spike, and we don't have the resources to protect to deal with stupid people. Yeah, and especially when no they're reason. infecting other people, like it's not really the the attitude that someone deserves it is bad because that person will most likely give it to other people who didn't deserve it. Yeah, in my mind, like the but, coronavirus party. Those people probably carried it back home. So yeah, their this is not the chicken pox. Like, <laughs> their families who were probably like, "You're stupid. Why would you do that?" And then they get it because someone else was stupid. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're we're about half an hour in now. So I want to huh. close out with something a little bit lighter and more fun. And this is a section we call shoutouts, where everyone gets to shout out something. It can be something you like. It can be something you hate. It can be something funny. For example, last week. Uh, my roommate shouted out the ice cream frap that he spilled on his keyboard for giving oh, him something no. to do during the, <laughs> the quarantine. So why don't you start, Alex? Oh, okay. Um, uh, shout out to the bush that I have right outside my window because I get to watch uh, birds and bees go at the flowers all the time. So that's a nice view of outside. Sounds very pleasant. Um, something I'm gonna do something that I hate. I was gonna shout out my cats. Something that I hate. Uh, that group of high schoolers of ten plus ten plus high schoolers. That little group on the walking path, not practicing social distancing. Yeah, you guys are stupid. Stop. <laughs> I hope the police catch you. Very oh, relatable problem. High schoolers not practicing social distancing. All right. I think my shout out for the week is gonna be the blackout curtains that I have in my room now uh, because at least when the sun rises at like five to 6 AM here, it's not too bad <laughs> and I can keep <laughs> sleeping. It's pretty nice. <laughs> so with that, this week's episode of double one radio is concluded. I want everyone to have a good week and enjoy themselves. Hopefully don't go outside and minimize your contact with others. And talk to them just over like Discord and things. Anyone else have last minute things to say? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me sit in, sit in your Discord call. <laughs> I, oh. It took so much effort on my part to set up an empty Discord with an invite link. So much effort. Have a good week, everyone. Imagine. <laughs> and thanks That's for listening. Sweat. <laughs>